let's begin what I was going to tell you today. So as you can see, this coming week for kids is VBS. And I'm going to give you a little snippet about what we're going to be talking to the kids about over the next five days. I gotta put my coffee down. Oh dear, okay. So we're gonna be talking to them about part of the Israelites' story. I had to put my coffee down because I talk with my hands in case you haven't noticed, and I walk around a little bit. So we're gonna talk to them about how God called Moses to lead them out of slavery, how they fled the chariots through the Red Sea, they landed in the wilderness, and finally made it across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. So basically, we are going to take them through the entire second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, which might have some strange resemblances to the Indiana Jones trilogy from time to time, and we're going to tell it to them in five 20-minute segments. And you're going to get one of those segments wrapped up into 20 minutes today. So we're going to take a snippet from the week. And we're going to talk today about when life is unfair, unfair, God is still good. Now, I think the concept of fair, this is something that parents just kind of naturally start teaching their children from the time that they're born. You have to share. And if everyone shares, then everybody has something to play with. If you try hard at school, then you will succeed. If you're nice to others, then they are going to be nice to you in return. We want our kids to feel like they're growing up uh, in a world where when everybody gets along, things work out well. A world that's fair. I assume, parents, you have been teaching this to your kids, and you probably were taught it when you were young. Now, let me tell you about an unfair situation in my life. In fact, three of them. I've been driving for 20 years, and I have received three parking infractions, not parking, sorry, driving infractions, never a parking one. And they were all completely unfair, <laughs> completely, never my fault. So the first one was when I was just 16, I was driving my mom's car and I was pulled over for an expired license plate, her expired license plate on her car. Obviously, that was completely unfair. Now, the second time, I didn't even own a car. I rented a car. I got lost. I was trying to meet up with Justin somewhere while we were dating. I didn't know how to get there. So, I called him on the phone to get directions while I was driving. And I very quickly said, okay, now that I know where to go, I gotta get off the phone because like, I'm in this little town and surely there's gonna be some RCMP around and I'm gonna get caught. And just as I hung up, the sirens came on. I didn't even own a car. I literally just rented it for the one day. That is so totally unfair. Now the third time, it was just recently. And it was one of those mornings, you know, where everything goes wrong. You can't find 
a pair to make a set of matching socks, the auto start on the coffee machine didn't work, one of the children who will remain nameless was running late, so obviously the typical morning routine is not going to work because now I have to drive a different route to get myself to work in the morning. I have to drive that kid to school. I'm just about out of gas. I need to plan a gas station en route someplace. Did you know that you can't make a right-hand turn from Lauren onto Queen at a certain time of morning for fear of hitting a CEC student? How absurd. I drove through there within five minutes of the time when you can make that right-hand turn onto Queen. That was totally, totally unfair. Well, today we are talking about how life is unfair, but not only that. When life is unfair, God is still good. So you may recall the ancestors of Joseph that we read about in the book of Genesis. They were now living in Egypt after the famine that had caused them to move from the land of Canaan. The Israelites lived well in Egypt at that time. Life was pretty good. However, then, as we read in the beginning of Exodus, chapter 1, starting at verse 16, Joseph and all his brothers and all of that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful, and they multiplied greatly, increasing in numbers, and became numerous, that the land was filled with them. Sounds like they were living pretty great. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power, and he said, Look, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. How unfair. The Israelites were carrying on with life as usual. They were prospering. Things were going well for them, and suddenly they found themselves as slaves to the Egyptians. And when Moses one time went to Pharaoh to ask if they could hold a, just a traditional festival, he decided to deny the request, but also to increase their labor. Completely unfair. Again, the Israelites are carrying on as usual and find themselves stuck in even worse circumstances. You may recall what happened next, but to summarize, God performed many wondrous signs which eventually convinced Pharaoh to let the Israelites leave their life of slavery. It must have been something like a biblical episode of Stranger Things with the frogs and the gnats and the all kinds of stuff. So the Pharaoh then, after giving them the green light to leave, he changed his mind. How unfair. He sent chariots and armies rushing after them after he had told them that they could go. They did manage to escape. And finally, you would think that ordeal is over. They trusted God's plan as they were told it from Moses, and they made it to safety on the other side of the Red Sea, away from the clutches of Pharaoh. They were no longer slaves to the Egyptians. They were free but in the middle of nowhere. They had made it to the desert and spent their first three days wandering around without even water 
How unfair. They are now starving and parched in the desert. Ask any teenager, they would probably prefer three days without water than three days without Wi-Fi. However, they eventually did have ample food and water thanks to God's provision. But they still had to wander through the desert for 40 years before they made it to the promised land. Now, we have the benefit, thanks to this book here, of reading this as one continuous story. So we're able to see how actually Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers was actually what saved the Israelites from starvation. And we can see that Moses having to give up her young infant it was actually a blessing in disguise because she was chosen to care for him. And that one day, it would be Moses, who raised as a son of Pharaoh, would actually be the ones to deliver the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. We can see all of that when we read through the book of Genesis and Exodus. But imagine being an Israelite in the moment that this is taking place. How are they feeling? When the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians and suddenly were expected to gather their own straw and make the same amount of bricks as before, well, that would leave them feeling very angry. To the point where they said, you might as well just put a sword in Pharaoh's hand and tell him to kill us. We can't do it. We read in Exodus about their anger and their discouragement because this is totally unfair. When they were fleeing the Egyptian army before crossing the Red Sea, we read that they yell out, leave us alone, just let us go serve the Egyptians. It would be better than being here left in the desert to die. They're untrusting. They're bitter because it's so totally unfair. Then to top it all off, they do gain their freedom, but then they spend 40 years wandering around the desert and they grumble. I think I would do more than grumble. Three days without water, followed by 40 years in the desert. I do a lot more than grumble. But we can't really blame them for being angry, untrusting, and bitter. They were being hit with one unfair situation after another. And we all face situations in our lives that really shatter that expectation that life should be fair. Situations that put to the test what our parents taught us about how hard work and being good will pay off someday. Now, here in Canada, we don't often hear stories of slavery and forced labor the way we hear it here for the Israelites, but we definitely all experience unfairness in some way or another. In my house, my husband and I are a blended family with six kids all together. Three of them live with us all the time, two teenage boys and our younger guy. And we hear a lot of things like, it is so totally unfair that the older boys get to stay up late. And it is so totally unfair that the younger one doesn't have to do all the hard chores. We hear stuff like that in our house. Life may seem unfair when someone gets a promotion 
even though you've been working in the company for longer. Or might, life might seem unfair when you were young and you felt that you had met your soulmate and then the marriage was difficult from that point on. Life might seem unfair when you just can't catch a break. You seem to have more than your fair share of health issues and you don't have a secure job and you live paycheck to paycheck. Meanwhile, you're looking at others who seem to be thriving. And maybe we've had something stolen or we've been mistreated or we've been accused of something that we didn't even do. It's unfair. It's unfair. I know how I feel when life seems unfair. I feel angry. I feel bitter. I feel like I can't trust others. Now, as we grow older, we learn that the image that our parents painted for us, that we should all share and that we try hard and things will work out well for us, it soon gets replaced with the realization that actually life isn't always fair. And I'm sure the Israelites were at that point as well, because this little snippet from the book of Exodus isn't the only time that they found themselves in slavery from another people, and it isn't the only time that they endured pain and suffering. There are other stories throughout the Old Testament unfair. What did they do when life was repeatedly unfair? They pout, they cry, they throw a tantrum, tantrum like a toddler does. Or like I throwed my tantrum when I got that third driving infraction. I'm sure they may have. But also, they grieved. Another word for grieving is lamenting. And literally, there's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. And it is poetry written by the Israelites. And it is their grief poured out over the destruction of Jerusalem. They let themselves express their grief. Yet, in the same breath, we read time and time again about how they reached out to God for help. They also sought to understand their own responsibility for what occurred and then confessed the times when they fell short. And maybe you do these same things as well. Grieve, cry out to God, and see what you might have done to cause the situation. And then if you're like me, the next step is going, but why? Why is life unfair in the first place? And you've probably heard people try to answer that question, you know, things like God is just testing us. God is punishing us for something, maybe for the sins of our ancestors. Or we're just caught in the crossfire of other people's bad decisions. That answer doesn't fit every circumstance. Really, it's one of those times when maybe the answer is that some things remain a mystery. Some things are beyond our understanding. Our big, infinite God cannot be fully understand with our limited language. Some things are beyond my understanding as well, like Sudoku. I love math, but I can't get that right at all. Also, why they have just recently made an entire series of basketball shoes based on the SpongeBob characters. I don't understand these things. But seriously, our big, infinite God has a bigger picture in mind 
than that immediate moment in our own lives that we focus on when things are feeling unfair. Three years ago, when Justin had an accident in our pool, we thought his neck might be broken. Our summer was ruined, maybe our lives depending on the outcome. The bigger picture turned out to be that when they were scanning his neck to make sure it was fine, they found he had a brain tumor. So the bigger picture was that the tumor was found and that it was able to be fully removed. In that small moment, we're thinking, how unfair, what is going on? But when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, we see God has other plans. Now on earth, we have created a set of orders and rules and regulations. And if they're followed, we expect fairness and justice. And when we still experience unfairness, we just don't know why, because we followed the rules. And if we're Christians, then we often believe that God will save us from the unfairness of the world. Well, the answer is in the mystery of God and in his kingdom. Jesus' time on earth was an opportunity to show the world little glimpses of what things would be like in the kingdom of heaven, to show people just how different things would be in heaven than on earth. Things are very topsy-turvy and upside down. And sometimes we have a hard time thinking outside of that box that we create here on earth. One of the ways that Jesus showed this upside-down thinking was through storytelling, through his parables. Matthew 20, 1-16 is the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. So that's the one where a landowner, he went out early in the morning to hire some workers for his vineyard, and he agreed to pay them a fair wage for that day. And the workers agreed, yes, that is the fair wage that I will accept for working for you today. So at about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others still standing in the marketplace, not doing anything. And he said, why don't you come along and I'll pay you a fair wage. You come along and you work for me today. And so they went. And he did this again at noon. And he did this again at three in the afternoon. And again at five and he went out and he kept still finding people standing there and he offered them work and they accepted. Now, when the work was done that evening, he called the workers in to pay them for the day. And he started with the ones who began work the latest in the day, the five o'clock workers. And he gave them the agreed upon full day's wage. And he went down the line. The person who started at 3 o'clock, he gave them that full day's wage. And he made his way to those who began first thing in the day. And they got paid the same as the person who started and did one hour of work. Now, going back to how we feel when things are unfair, we often feel angry or bitter or untrusting. And maybe this is what's going through the worker's mind at the time. And they questioned the landowner, how dare you do that? That is completely unfair. They were hired last and worked only one hour. And you made them equal to those of us who did all of this hard work all day long. But the landowner answered them, 
I'm not being unfair to you, my friend. Didn't you agree to work for this fair wage? And I've given it to you. So he says to them, I'm allowed to be generous. I can do what I want. You agreed to it, and I'm being perfectly fair. Now, if I'm hearing that nowadays, I think I would be like that man hired first thing in the morning saying, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. But God is beyond our comprehension sometimes. And the kingdom of heaven is upside down from our neat little box of rules and regulations here on earth. What to us might seem like black and white or fair and unfair, to God, he says, I don't work in those terms. So the kingdom of heaven is beyond our full understanding. And what are we to do then when life is unfair and we don't understand? Well, let's learn one more thing today from the Israelites. They lamented, they cried out, they repented, and then they recounted the good things that happened, and they thanked God for those good things. And they retold the goodness of God to their children, and stories of God's provision were passed down to future generations. Well, let me share with you a sort of modern-day parable, maybe, of sorts. It's a made-up story, but I think you can all relate in, a bit, in parts of it. So the story goes like this. There was a man who lived in a Midwest city. He always watched the evening news for the weather report because where he lived, weather could change very quickly. So he made sure to check the weather before going to bed. The evening report stated that people should evacuate their homes because a huge rainfall that would mean certain flooding was coming to his neighborhood. Oh, that's okay, he thought. I know that the weather report often can be wrong. And besides, if it does flood, I have faith. God's going to take care of things. It'll be okay. So the man went to bed, and he slept peacefully until he woke up at sunrise to the sound of water pouring and rushing into his bedroom. Very startled, he got up, he climbed his way up the stairs and into the attic. And within two hours, the water was starting to come up those attic stairs. He found an axe up there, he cut a hole in the roof, and he managed to climb out onto the roof. The water continued to rise. Now, fortunately, a boat came along and offered this man a ride, and he said, no, no, it's okay, I'm going to be fine. It's okay, God's going to rescue me. I will be okay. So the boat went on its way, and the water continued to rise. And fortunately, a helicopter came by, and they said, hey, do you need some help? And he said, no, no, it's fine, I'll be okay, not to worry, God's going to rescue me. Well, the waters rose higher and higher, and the man was swept away to his death. And then the man appeared before God in heaven. He had been a faithful man and felt that this untimely death was completely unfair. He had other things he wanted to do in life. So he said to God, I believed in you all my life. I trusted in you. I attended church. I lived by the commandments. I helped people. And still, you let me down like this? That is not fair. And God responded by saying, I don't know what you're complaining about. I sent you an accurate weather report. I told you to get out of your house. 
You ignored it. So I gave you good hearing so you could hear the water rushing into your bedroom. And I gave you strong legs to climb up the attic stairs and strong arms to cut a hole in the roof with the axe. I sent you a man in a boat and a helicopter. What more could I have done? So we may not always be able to understand why things are unfair at times and fair other times. So let's be reminded that God doesn't even work in those terms. He doesn't work in the terms of unfair. And fair. He works on his own terms. God is good all the time. And we can count on God. He has that larger picture in mind. And he has goodness in store for each of us. So today I want us to be reminded of that, that we might not understand the fair times and the unfair times. But if we've learned something from the Israelites is that even after being angry and bitter and lamenting and turning to God, we can then count the blessings that we do have. So I've been able to practice this a little bit. We're using this with the kids during VBS. And so something that I want you to do now too is something we'll be doing with them next week is to come and think of a good thing that God has done for you. We're going to play the song again, Good, Good Father. Think of a good thing God's done for you. Pick up a rock and put it in the bucket here of his goodness to each of us.